0: Uh, I'm associate pastor here at Second City Church, uh, working with Pastor Roland Fisher over here. And if you haven't heard it already, let me tell you, I'm so glad that you came to the house of the Lord today that you chose to spend the last Sunday of this year coming and doing what is the most important thing. We can kind of tell what's important to us by what's the last thing we do before we transition into something else, and then what's the first thing we do when we get into something else. So I'm proud of you today for being here, and I want to set your expectation as well. Because you chose to be here today, uh, which we believe that God led you here, there is no accident, uh, that God is going to meet with you individually here today. And we also believe here, unashamedly, along with Christ's community and culture, we believe the promises that are in the Bible, we believe that they are for us today, and we believe that God will do it. And so he said that when two or three people come together... In the name of Jesus, the name that is above all names, the name that is above money, the name that is above uh, coal, that is above Rollin, or whatever your name is, that when we come together in his name, and we forget ourselves, and we put him first, that he will meet with us, that he is present. So right now, just to set the proper expectation, he's here, and he's with us, and he is going to meet with us. Amen? Can I get a louder Amen? Amen. Come on. So the Lord wants to raise our faith today, and that's why I'm going through that. The Lord wants us to take 2018, and he wants to raise our faith here at the end so that we have momentum. Everybody say momentum. As we approach 2019, because we are going to consecrate ourselves with this fast that is happening at the beginning of the new year, because we're going to get ready, because the word says that we should consecrate ourselves, because tomorrow, or we could say next year, he is going to do great things among us. Who here is expecting God to do great things in 2019? Come on, raise them high. I want to see it. I need to be encouraged too. Pastors need to be encouraged. Okay, just like Paul said, we need to mutually encourage each other is what he said in his letters. Okay, so just when you see myself or Pastor Rolland up here, and we're all full of faith. Rolland's a little louder than I am. Um, So you may think he doesn't need it, but he needs it too, guys. We need it. So we need interaction on a personal level and at a congregational level. Okay, so now you're probably wondering, so what's the title of the message? So we're continuing along with declarations, but we're moving on from declarations of the advent where we were talking about all the things that God had been declaring up until the arrival of his son Jesus for us to expect when he came. And now we're going to be talking about declarations of a new year. And so God's going to reset our mind. He's going to transform us through the renewing of our mind and get us ready to let go of Of 2018, so that we can usher in 2019. And the name of this message is My Forgetfulness, His Faithfulness. I'll say it again. My forgetfulness, because we're all forgetful, and there is a positive side of that, which we're going to talk about, because there is a godly forgetfulness, which is good. His faithfulness. My forgetfulness, His faithfulness. There are roles. We do one thing and God promises to do another. And the key word there is promises. So before we go into the word, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the advent of you in the flesh, God incarnate, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you have given him a name that is above every name. A name that none can rival, that none can compare with. That no trial, no tribulation, no regret, no hardship, no success can ever compare to what you have done in Jesus Christ. Jesus, we believe that you are alive right now and that you are seated at the right hand of God. And that you are ruling and reigning and you are preparing a people for yourself. And that you have said that that we are your joy and Lord, we thank you for that, that place of undeserved honor that those who are found in Christ, that you call no, no longer servants, but you call them friends. You call them sons and daughters. And so, Father God, we pray now that you would uh, prepare our hearts to receive your word and that you would change us today, Lord, that they would finish 2018 as changed people and go into 2019 and new people prepared for your works that bring you glory, and that bring us joy. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, let's go to the Word. If you can turn with me, flip, uh, or just look up at the screen, uh, to Philippians, the letter to the Philippians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. Uh, What you need to know about the letter to the Philippians is that it was a letter that Paul the Apostle who was radically changed by God on an encounter on the road to Damascus. He was out persecuting Christians. We'll talk a little bit about his past in a minute. Um, But this letter was actually being written, most scholars believe, while Paul was sitting in prison in Rome. It may have been house arrest, we're not sure. But what we do know is that the writing of this letter involved chains (laughs) and that he was being um, confined in some way. So while he's writing this letter, he was not in what the world would call a very conducive circumstance to being productive, much less doing the work of God, uh, which is the most important work of all works. And what we also need to know is that the people in the city of Philippi were one of the first Roman colonies. This was something that they prided themselves on. And also the people of Philippi were one of, we believe, the very first partners in the gospel with Paul meaning they supported him as a missionary. They gave to him, they sent. They had, they had care for him. So they had a very special place in his heart. They had become children to him. And he wanted them to be taken care of. He wanted them to be able to uh, know the Lord fully and to grow. He, he did not want them, because of his chains, to be discouraged. Because when we are discouraged, it's because we are looking at our current circumstances apart from the cross of Christ. And so, as we begin to read this, we're going to see what the very first thing Paul talks about is rejoicing. So, let's read. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. And here's why I have more. (laughs) I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee. In order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. I press on to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know about you guys, but reading that scripture is so timely for me. And I know that it is a word from the Father for our church. Because as I was talking to people working through this, they were like, oh my gosh, I just read that this week. The Lord was ministering to me with that scripture. And so I believe that the Lord has confirmed it, that this is for us specifically. It's for all of God's people everywhere at all times, but specifically for us. And here is the main point of this scripture. I'm going to read it out in paragraph form so that it is not lost as we go through and talk about the scripture. No matter how proud or how ashamed we are of our past, There is a battle waged in us and around us to find our identity in Christ alone. We must forget what lies behind, abandoning our past by faith in Jesus Christ and entrusting it to the cross for our forgiveness and press on to the only goal worth our entire lives, the goal of knowing Jesus Christ fully and being found with him eternally. When we recognize the incomprehensible eternal worth of Christ Jesus and his love for us as shown on the cross, we will see our past as God sees it. And this is how he sees it our successes as rubbish compared to Christ's success of perfectly pleasing God the Father. And he sees our failures as opportunities to glory in Christ and his limitless mercy, grace, and love. Amen. Does that excite you guys like it does me? Well, guys, let's work through the scripture real quick, and you're going to get excited about this. Paul writing from a prison cell, not wanting to discourage anybody, all throughout this letter has a theme, and the theme is found in the very first sentence of this passage. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Okay, so I'm going to say it for the church today. Finally, You finished 2018. Look back at this year and find reasons to rejoice. May God open your eyes to see the glory of Christ in everything that has happened. Whether it was successes as you would count them, or whether it was failures, no matter what happened, the Apostle Paul says when we are in Christ and we see him as he really is, there are always reasons to rejoice. So I'm giving you an action point today, right now, even as you, live, as you leave here today, and you contemplate and reflect as we all do on the year before us, excuse me, on the year behind us, As you look back, I'm not saying you shouldn't look back, but when you do, you need to look at it through the cross of Christ, through the love of Christ, through the sovereignty of God. Not rejoicing in the circumstance, not rejoicing in the failure, not rejoicing in the success, but as the scripture says, rejoicing in what? Rejoicing in the Lord. In the Lord. So there is a battle that is being waged, and we're going to move into that uh, around all of us and in all of us, okay? There are circumstantial battles which are very much visible and around us. There's sickness, there's disease, there's financial hardships, there's the loss of loved ones. There's all kinds of things that we have gone through that are very tangible, but our battle is ultimately not. Against those things is against what the enemy of our souls is just trying to do. And he is trying to discourage us to take the glory away from Jesus. So, Paul, having the heart of God, um, says, uh, To write the same things to you is no trouble to me. And it is safe for you. And guys, we can learn everything from every word of Scripture. What we can learn from this is that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit of God and we have the mind of Christ around us, we will not easily become agitated when we have to remind people of what they ought to be doing or what they ought to know or what the Word of God says. Okay. And for all of you out there who are like me, who are hard on yourselves, Like the Apostle Paul says here, it is no problem for me to write these things to you again. Okay, God is merciful with us. So as you look back at 2018, I want you to be merciful with yourself in the same way that God is merciful with you. Okay, Jesus Christ did not come into the world to condemn the world, right? You know it. He came in the world to save the world. He did not come into the world to condemn you as you're thinking about these things, but to save you from them. So let's have the same attitude that Paul had here, where it was no trouble and it was a safeguard. We should always be looking to safeguard those around us by pointing them to Jesus, lest they fall into the trap of the enemy and they become discouraged and they fall into depression. We need to constantly be watching out for ourselves, but also shepherding those around us, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is a miracle in itself, but God can do it. He can remove our eyes, moving into 2019, from ourselves and our selfish ambitions and put them on the cause of Christ, which is to save those around us. Amen? Amen. So moving on. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evil doers, and look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Okay, Paul here is not talking about the rough, rough, biological dogs. Dogs were actually not very liked back in that day. They were not seen as household pets, just the opposite. They were seen as dirty. You know, Proverbs talks about, you know, don't be like a dog, you know, returning to your vomit by doing the same thing over again. That's because dogs go back to the vomit, and they'll eat it, which is kind of gross. Um, So he is actually talking about what we know are called the Judaizers, okay? These are the people that were going around following Paul and others who were teaching the gospel of Christ, which is that we can have a righteousness that is from God, that is not found in obeying the law, and that is not found in obeying our own conscience, that is found by faith in Christ alone. And they were saying, You need to do this and you need to do that. You need to be circumcised in the flesh. Just having God circumcise your heart is not enough. You need to obey the law in order to be saved. And so, what Paul was saying, watch out. So, what we need to look out for as we look back at 2018, as we move into 2019, we need to be aware that there are those around us who do not like the gospel that is by grace. We live in a city that prides itself on hard work, do we not? Think about some of the nicknames of the city that we're in, and we love this city. We're so thankful to be here, right? But every city has its good parts and has its bad parts. We are called the city with big shoulders that comes from working hard. We are called the city that works, the hog butcher to the world that's all good, but until you start finding your identity and how hard you work in your accomplishments and your successes, so he's saying watch out for people who will put other things on you besides what Jesus said, who said, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and you will find rest for your souls. He wants us to come out from under the yoke of the world that would put all these things on us and come under the yoke of Christ as we leave 2018. If you haven't been there in 2018, it's okay. Today's your day to take that yoke by faith, throw it off, and take on the yoke of Christ and the peace that comes from being found in him. So he says, we, talking about Christians, those who are following Christ, who are found in Christ, we are the circumcision. What is he talking about? We are the ones who have had our hearts renewed. We are the ones who have had new hearts put in us. So therefore, we are the ones who worship by the Spirit of God. We do not worship simply in our lip service or in our actions, but we worship in our very spirit And we glory in Christ Jesus. And therefore, because we glory in Christ Jesus, we put no confidence in the flesh. So here's a declaration for you moving out of 2018 and moving into 2019. I will glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Say it with me. I will glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. If you're looking for peace, Scripture says those who constantly are thinking about God and have his mind on him, he will keep in perfect peace. Amen? That's a promise for you. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Okay, who was Paul? Most of you know who Paul was, but Paul was trained up as a Pharisee, as we're going to go into the Pharisees were known to be the most strict religious sect of Judaism. They took the law and they turned it into over 600 different uh, things that you had to obey. And so he is saying that if anybody is going to be found right with God outside of Jesus Christ, it would have been me. Okay, So he, God is using Paul as an example for you and me saying... This, this man, if anybody would have done it, he could have done it. But if he couldn't do it, what makes you think that you could do it? And this challenges me. This makes me mad. But you know what this does at the same time? This releases so much pressure from me as well. Guys, there's always going to be somebody better than us in everything that we feel confidence in. If you're good at basketball, there's going to be somebody who's going to dunk on you tomorrow. Okay? If you think that you've got it all figured out financially, well, be careful unless you, <laughs> uh, unless you think you've got it all together and then somebody in another country does something that makes your stocks crash, okay? I mean, anything can happen. As soon as you think you've got it all together, there's going to be somebody who's, who's better than you. So what is he saying for us in 2018? Guys, don't compare yourself to anybody else. Stop looking to the left. Stop looking to the right and look up. Look to Jesus. He made you. He knows you. He wants to be in relationship with you. You live, you breathe, and you die for an audience of one. And that is God. Be free in the name of Jesus right now. May chains be broken of everybody here and everybody listening of whatever unhealthy comparisons you are making. Because they will never make you right with God. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, which by the way, the law says that you had to be circumcised on the eighth day. Um, And so Jesus, perfectly fulfilling the law, his parents took him to be circumcised on the eighth day. Uh, Of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. So here we are, a man who knows his pedigree. He knows his lineage. He knows his inheritance. He knows his, his rights based on the flesh. But the truth is, is that it's folly to think that things that we had nothing to do with, that we could boast in. Did he circumcise himself on the eighth day? No. His parents took him there to get him circumcised, right? That's just called grace, guys. He didn't do it. Could he determine that he would be born? As an Israelite? No. Did he determine that he would be in the tribe of Benjamin? No. A Hebrew of Hebrews? No. Guys, there is so much that we boast in that the Lord just wants to deliver us from. Just say thank you. As you look back at 2018 for the things that are good, just say thank you, God. Because the moment you start boasting in it, that's when it takes glory from God and your peace as well. Because then you feel like you have to... Stick your chest out you got to live up to it. Guys, it's grace. Grace, grace, grace. As to the law, a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. Most of the people in here right now are like myself. You did not grow up as a Jew. You did not grow up uh, under the law. We are what the scripture would call Gentiles. So the scripture also tells us that for those of us who do not have the, the Mosaic law, that we have a law unto ourselves, it's called our conscience. So how does this apply to us? Even if, looking back at 2018, you fulfilled all your New Year's resolutions for that year, and you made your goals and your checklist, which I'm a big fan of, they bring so much like simplicity to my life now that I've started doing them. <laughs> um, but if you're looking back at this and you are thinking that um, this is going to make me right with God, nope, not going to. So why put, my, put so much stock in it, friends? Why well, look back at 2018 with a checklist seeing how, how holy uh, you were. No, look at Jesus. Let him determine. Be found in him today. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ my Lord. But whatever gain I had, I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. So when we look back, and if we are in Christ, and we see some successes and some gains, praise God. But you know what? All those successes and those gains, if we recognize the worth of Christ as the Lamb of God, perfect, the one who has loved us and sacrificed everything for us, who left the perfection of heaven and came down, to the, the dinginess of a sin-fallen, sin-sick earth, you will fall in love. And you will be filled with gratitude. And all those crowns that you have accumulated being your successes, you know what you're going to do with them on that day? When we meet him face to face, you're going to bow down, you're going to take that crown, and you're going to set it at his feet. So why glory in it now? Glory in the giver of life. Glory in the giver of success. Glory in Jesus He's for you. And because of that, we can be for him, and we can let go of those things. We can hold on to what he gives us when we look back in 2018 and move into 2019 with an open hand. There's a song, I love it, it has a lyric that says that, I'm going to climb this mountain with my hands wide open. How can you climb a mountain with your hands wide open? Just imagine that. You must have somebody underneath you lifting you up or you must have a string tied to you that is pulling you upward. Guys, we have to hold on to our failures and our our successes, any financial gain, um, anything, any diplomas that we've received this past year with our open hands and not be defined by them so God can put them in our hand and so that God can remove them from our hand all for his glory, amen? Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And just the key there is we can't pick and choose, guys. Either Jesus is Lord and provider of all or he's not Lord at all. Everything must be counted as loss in comparison with the glory of knowing Jesus Christ whom all peace, all pleasure, all joy is found in. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things. He suffered the loss of all things. Doesn't mean it's easy. There was persecution in Paul's life. Remember where he's writing this letter from? Where was he? He was in prison. He was confined. So there are, are legitimate losses And he suffered them. Why? So that he could know Jesus. He said, I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, or as we, as Gentiles would say, my conscience, or whatever society has put on me. But that which comes through faith in Christ the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. I love how the KJV, Bible study tip for you, as you're studying the Bible, get a couple of translations going. Like We tend to use the ESV when we're putting everything up here, and I tend to read from that as well, but get you an NIV or a Bible app, get you a King James Version so you can see what they were thinking back then. And you know how the King James Version translates that word rubbish? Dung. (laughs) Or for the kids in here, poop. Okay. He considers it all poop. Stinky, smelly, not firm, smushy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not desirable or reliable at all. All of the nutrients, what is, what is dung? Not to get too graphic, but it's something that has already been processed. All the nutrients have been pulled out of it. And it, it's, not, it's not good for anything anymore, except for maybe fertilizer, depending on which animal it came from. Not humans, apparently. It doesn't work when humans use it for fertilizer. But he translated his dung. So when we're looking at these things in comparison, giving up everything in order to be where Christ is versus what our hopes, our dreams, our goals, our failures, all, all they are. We have the opportunity to trade them in. But the only way we're going to be willing to trade them in is if we consider them as rubbish and dung in comparison with. And now because Paul says everything That means our lives. We have to view, yes, our lives as, you know, beautiful creations of God the creator who makes beautiful things. But we also have to remember what the Bible says is that we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. That's why Jesus came to save the world because he loves the world and it is beautiful and it is redeemable in Christ. But we're never going to come to Christ if we are completely satisfied with what we already have around us. So, so as, um, as John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase. As Paul the Apostle said in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. So what, he is, what he's saying is exactly what he's saying here. I have counted everything that was good or bad up to this point irrelevant if it's keeping me from being in Christ, if my shame and my guilt and my condemnation for knowing that I have not pleased God, my maker, that I've not lived up to his glory is keeping me from Christ, I need to trade it in so that he can give me forgiveness, so that he can give me joy, so that he can give me freedom from the chains that have kept me this way. If my successes are keeping me from him, then I need to trade those in as well, I need to humble myself so that I may be found in Christ. That way I may have a righteousness from God that depends on faith. I need faith. When we trade in these things, when we trade in our lives for Christ at the end of 2018, whether it's your first time or forever, you have to have faith. This is a righteousness that only comes by faith. Pastor Ron going to lead us in communion later. And if during communion, if you're thinking about all of your mess-ups, all of your, let's call it what the Bible calls it, all your sins, all your transgressions, all your iniquities, then you need to turn your eyes to Jesus and that broken body. You need to turn your eyes to that cup which represents the blood of Jesus which was spilt for you because he loves you. Okay? If you're taking that communion and you're thinking about Not necessarily your screw-ups and your guilt and your shame that Jesus wants to remove from you. And if you're thinking about your successes, oh man, everything went great this year. God must be pleased with me. uh, Not everything we do is in um, counter to what God is doing. Um, But if those things are building pride in you, then you need to humble yourself as you take it and say, my successes are worth nothing because they don't get me a resurrection. Only faith in Christ gets me a resurrection. So you need to surrender those things. So the whole point of today's message, guys, is that we would leave 2018 with a blank slate. Thanking God for the successes, but realizing where they came from. And not being defined by them. And also realizing that anything bad or lost that was suffered doesn't compare to knowing Christ and that he's going to use it for his glory. And you don't have to go into 2019 feeling beat up and ashamed. He wants to refresh you today. So the title of the message, my forgetfulness, his faithfulness, my forgetfulness could be also my repentance, meaning I'm turning these things over to the cross of Christ. I'm turning 2018 over to Christ, and His faithfulness. We can sum that up with um, with First John one eight through ten. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful. He is faithful three times. He is faithful and just, and just. They're not, mercy and justice are not in conflict with each other. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, to cleanse us from all our failures and from all our pride as well. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So forgetfulness isn't a unaware of what happened in 2018. It is a very acute awareness, but seeing as God sees it, that it doesn't define you. You forget it in that regard. As scripture says, he remembers our sins no more, right? And when we do that as a prerequisite, we repent, he will show his faithfulness in Christ and will forgive us of our sins and set us on a new path in 2019. If the worship team would like to come forward, um, and I'm going to pray. And while I'm praying, I want you, whatever the Holy Spirit has done in your heart during this message, I, don't, I know what some of you have gone through in 2018. But I don't even the ones that I do. I don't know everything, you know. The Bible says that each heart knows its own its own grief, its own joy, and so we can enter in kinda with empathy. But but God knows it all, and He's the only one who knows it all. So as we pray, just lay your hearts bare and say, "Lord, reveal Jesus to me." Well, let's just pray. Let's just pray, Lord reveal to us by your spirit the eternal worth of Jesus Christ. Revealing him is the only way by faith to a God-based righteousness. Lord, give us faith to lay down our lives with all of our fearful failures and self-righteous successes in exchange for Christ's righteousness that we may receive the miracle of the freedom and joy of being found In Christ alone, here and now, today, 2018, December 30th, that we may move into 2019 confident in you. For you who began a good work in us will see it through to completion. You are faithful. Help us to forget and repent and trust in your faithfulness. Here and now and for all eternity. And this is your salvation. In Jesus' name, Amen.